This is Clarence Rick Napier, the CEO at 321 BizDev LLC, located in Sacramento County, California. Our website is 321bizdev.com and our phone number is 415-465-1700. Today's podcast episode is titled, White Collar Small Business Owners Would Be Astonished If They Knew Their Industries really have no one company in the number one spot. Today is October 14th, 2021. It is 5.30 on the West Coast in the morning. And I want to do this podcast episode to encourage white collar small business owners or any small business owner who is trying to figure it out. And what I'm talking about in in terms of figuring it out, how to find new clients. Uh, especially in the current uh, situation, which is um, not that great for some, maybe a little better for others. But I think overall, if you go back 10 years, uh, like I have in, in what I've been doing as in terms of a consulting firm, helping small business owners improve sales productivity and sales performance, I would say that even 10 years ago, small business owners had challenges with finding new clients. Uh, And today there's a lot more twist involved uh, depending on where you live. And it could be uh, just a slight, it could be just a slight bit better in states like Texas or Florida and not as bad as people think in states like uh, Oregon, Washington, California, New York. The bottom line is the white collar small business owner has always been the number one person responsible for the growth of their company. But I believe what the challenge has always been is white collar small business owners have never had the business development training or sales system training to proceed with some type of uh, predictability. Predictability is very important when you have a business that you're trying to grow. And even if you're, you know, building it, it's it's important to have some consistency and predictability, mainly in mainly what I refer to as a sales pipeline. And that sales pipeline contains four components. I just did a podcast episode yesterday outlining those components of the sales pipeline and those components are the contacting phase, the prospecting phase, the setting appointment phase, the closing phase, and the phase to get zero cost referrals. Now I can easily talk about this because I've been in the business development mode or the selling mode for probably 25 years and it started Uh, I would say when I was in corporate America and then I've been a uh, licensed insurance agent and a licensed real estate agent. And in 2014, I I formally started 321BizDev LLC. And two years before that, I was in research mode. I was helping small business owners in California uh, overcome the challenges of the real estate crisis and mortgage uh, problems that hit 
the U.S. and in, in, in major cities, especially on the West Coast, Arizona, Las Vegas, and some parts of Florida. So 2009, 2010 is when the real estate and mortgage crisis hit uh, certain areas of the United States, and many small business owners felt the uh, the pinch where a lot of people stopped buying and that uh, translated into a lot of small business owners going out of business. So this is like the second time, this current situation that, that we have now is the second time that I've, that I've seen it, uh, seen the situation like the situation in 2009, 2010. But I will say the number one challenge for people to understand that they really have no competition. Uh, the number one challenge is a lot of white collar small business owners. And let me define that briefly. Small business owners where their ticket prices start at, at like a thousand dollars, you know, three thousand, five thousand, fifteen thousand, twenty five thousand dollars or up or the commission that the white collar small business owner or salesperson earns is at that is in that same range of one thousand five thousand you know twenty five thousand dollars and primarily it, it could be financial advisors it could be real estate brokers it could be attorneys it could be plastic surgeons that perform t- tummy tucks and brazilian butt butt implants so it's the big ticket high priced um, small business owners that have spent a lot of time in college a lot of time in Uh, certification schools, a lot of time studying for licenses uh, like the attorneys. And and, and it's for that reason, many white collar small business owners never had the time to study business development. Uh, I would say 99% of, of colleges, universities, Uh, trade schools in America do not teach business development. So that's why it's not the white collar small business owners fault that uh, they have uh, law licenses, they have medical licenses, dental uh, licensing certifications and uh, real estate licenses, insurance licenses, contractors license. And there was no or very little time spent in business development to encourage people I'm doing this podcast episode to emphasize and I already said it a few minutes ago that most white collar small business owners really have no competition so what does that really mean what that means is if you are a an attorney let's say you are a business attorney uh, an estate planning attorney There are a number of estate planning attorneys across the country, and there are not many estate planning firms that dominate any local market. And maybe that's because uh, outside of the fact that there's some business development sales system training needed, you know, the number of people who need estate planning services, that number is, is probably enough to uh, satisfy the, the business needs of 
of, I would say, maybe 10 to 20 percent of estate planning attorneys, you know, business contract attorneys. But because many estate planning attorneys don't have a sales system or business development uh, program uh, that they're working with, there is no one estate planning company that's dominating. And so if you look around to, you know, each, you know, city in America like Detroit or Portland or Denver, San Antonio, Miami, uh, Pittsburgh, Georgia, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, there is not one estate planning law firm that is dominating that you can point to and, and say that that firm is dominating the market. So the same thing can be said for dental practices. In New York City, there must be 20, I mean, in, in all the boroughs of um, Manhattan, Staten Island, the Bronx, Brooklyn, and Queens, there's about 27,000 dentists in the five borough region in New York City. So that means you might say, well, there's like eight to 10 million people in New York. Okay, well, just, you know, you know, you can maybe cut out some of the kids, but what that means is um, dental treatment is not something that every resident of New York City needs like every month. So if a person goes to see their, see their dentist and they're keeping their teeth relatively in good shape, they may see the dentist twice a year and uh, it might be some cleanings and some very low cost treatment items. And uh, so the dentist may only see maybe 10%, 20% of the people who need co- intermediate to complex dental treatment. And that's how dentists earn their money. Uh, they don't earn their money doing, you know, $49 or $99 whitening and, and uh, teeth cleaning because the cost of the materials, the, the x-ray um, uh, sheets, you know, the hygienists, the rent, the salaries of the dental staff, the money that the dentist wants to make just to be a dentist those numbers could easily be in New York City, like $60,000, $70,000 per month for most dentists. And so for dentists, unless that dentist has a strong business development plan, that dentist is not doing any better than any other dentist. And I'm talking about the private practice dentist. And I might be, I might be able to add even the corporate uh, style dentist where there, there's like a, a, a dental practice and they, they all have the same name, but they're run by a corporate entity. Like I said, there's not a, in my opinion, a single individual practice that is dominating. And why is that? That's because they don't have a business development plan and then, and they don't have any experience with sales systems. So I'll tell you a quick story before I close out this podcast episode of of why I think everyone should learn what sales systems are and have a business development plan, specifically the 321 BizDev business development plan. I'll tell you this quick story. When I was a kid, 
I had to make a choice of, of an elective. I think I was in the seventh grade there in Tampa, Florida. And I had to choose an elective. And I saw this elective called band, band class. You know, where you learn how to play an instrument. Now I had no experience in playing a musical instrument, not one. So I signed up for band and incidentally, funny story, kind of off topic. I met my half sister in the band class, same last name. You know, for those who want to know <laughs> that full story, you can give me a jingle at 415-465-1700. But I met my half sister in a seventh grade band class. Long story. So when I took that band class, I knew nothing about music. So that seventh grade band class evolved into me being in the uh, at a Tampa high school playing in the symphony band with, you know, songs by Beethoven and Chopin and uh, Bach and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, I was in a classical uh, symphonic band with uh, with with violins. And uh, I was a I was a. First, sec, first clarinet, second chair. So there was one person in the clarinet section that was uh, more skilled than I was, and uh, she was excellent. Um, in that process, I learned how to play the clarinet, the saxophone, which is really in the same family of, of reed instruments. And then we had a shortage one year, and the band instructor needed some trombone players and baritone players. So I took the uh, the book home with all the different slide positions and the fingering positions for the baritone, which is like a little tuba. And I learned how to play the trombone and the baritone. Uh, and since I knew how to read music, it was very easy to switch over because the only thing I had to learn was the slide positions on the trombone and the fingering positions on the baritone. But the point I'm trying to make when I started that seventh grade class, the band director said, you know, all notes have a certain meaning, you know, like a whole note, a half note, a quarter note, a, an eighth note, a sixteenth note. And those notes must fit inside of this time uh, called a measure, you know, like four beats in a measure, three beats in a measure. If it's a waltz type of um, song. So knowing that, I said, okay. So we started reading music. You know, every good boy does find um, face for the for the spaces in a trouble clef. And uh, you know, all all call all cows eat grass. The spaces in the bass clef. So it's it's just building on those fundamentals of music. And this again, I was a guy that had no music experience. Except for listening to music and dancing to music as a as a, a preteen. So the point I'm trying to make is that we, when you begin your your business and you want to learn about business development, you want to learn about sales systems. There's a place where you start about learning how to grow your business and find new clients. You don't start at okay. Let's go out and get clients and. Um, you're going to do this by the seat of your pants or you're going to you're going to do these things 
based on trial and error. It doesn't work that way. And it's and it's a recipe for complete disaster. So when you begin a business development program, a sales system program, especially with 321BizDev, you're taking you are taken through a series of steps that cascade that that it's like a tiles like a, a like a some steps where you build on the previous knowledge and you move to the next one and uh, the next the, the the like the third step builds on steps 1 and 2 the sixth step builds on steps 1 through 5 and that's how you get there it's not something that you just jump into and you master it immediately. And when you find out, when, when white collar small business owners find out that there is a process to learning how to grow your business, then it's just a matter of moving through the learning curve. And what white collar small business owners will find out, and I, this is something that I discovered you know, I, I think I really started opening my eyes to this around in uh, 2010, 2011, when I was an insurance agent and the company was a high end uh, company. They they served the uh, the Silicon Valley market, the San Jose, Sunnyvale, Mountain View, the places where Google, Apple, Facebook are located. Now, these companies, Facebook, Apple and Google, were not as prominent as they are now, but the area was known as Silicon Valley. The people who lived in that community, in those communities, their home values were starting to creep towards five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars. Now they're, you know, like one point five, four million dollars. But they're starting to slide right now. But that's another story. So when I went to work for this company in San Jose, California, you know, all the numbers were big. Well, you know, you're selling million dollar policies. You're, you're selling three million dollar policies. And they didn't blink an eye that that was a big number to, to some people. It was a big number for me coming from another part of California where it was rare to sell a million dollar policy or two million dollar policy. So I had to make an adjustment or it, there was an attempt to make an adjustment to selling to um, high income earners. And that was the other thing. A high income earner is just someone that has a different job than most people. They're still the same people, whether you're selling to someone who drives a truck who makes fifty thousand dollars a year or you're you're selling something to someone who makes $500,000 a year based on their job as a as a engineer. They're still people. And that is something I had to overcome. So to get back to the San Jose story, I failed in my attempt to work at that company because I could not get over the fact that I was going out to sell 2 million, 3 million, 5 million dollar insurance policies. The thing I used to always ask myself was, why would someone buy a five million dollar policy from this, you know, at that time, uh, you know, late 30s, early 40s black male, you know, African American male, you know, part Cuban, part Haitian, you know, 
why would people buy that policy from me? So it was like a maturity thing. It was also like I was not used to being in a class of people that that household household income was maybe you know four hundred, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars a year or a million dollars a year. Uh, so that was something I had to overcome. And then when I started my company and I started learning that uh, small business owners, and this is when I began to mature, uh, I started learning that the small business owner is taking on a big risk in operating a business. And I also found out, and hopefully white collar small business owners will appreciate uh, this next uh, comment, is that white collar small business owners have very few people to speak with about their business. And you would think the CPA, and I've had this discussion with uh, CPAs and I've done podcast episodes about it. You would think the CPA would be the number one person that the uh, small business owner could consult when they had problems with their business. And I'm not talking about problems with, with with the records, with the financial records, other than the numbers don't look great for the revenue side. So you would think the white collar small business owner would, would say, CPA, uh, can we meet a couple times per month so we can discuss uh, my company? And the CPA, and this is based on what I've heard, what I've seen, the CPA would come in and just talk about the numbers that were occurring in the business. But the small business owner wanted to hear something like, well, Mr. Business Owner, Miss Business Owner, we need to increase your sales and we need to perhaps try to reduce expenses. See, it's always easy to reduce expenses, but the challenge is increasing the sales. So the business owner has always been looking at the CPA and saying, you know, what can you tell me? That where I could increase my my clients, increase my my revenue numbers. But even the the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, they have said that CPAs need to work closer with the small business owner to provide some advice, some counsel on how to do that. And it was at that time when I read that article from the AICPA, the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, that's when I said, this is the role that 321BizDev can fill. And I saw that because business owner after business owner were saying in a, some, sometimes it was, uh, uh, most of the time it was indirectly. On some occasions, it was a direct statement that they did not have enough clients and sometimes they would have to lay off people or sometimes consider shutting down the business. And it was at that time in 2013, 2014 is where I found my niche in helping uh, white collar small business owners with sales productivity and sales performance. So let me define those two words because I don't like to use words and phrases uh, and, and, and those words and phrases are not defined. Sales productivity is defined as having enough contacts, 
and or having enough business. So having enough contacts to move through the pipeline where a percentage of the contacts convert to clients, contacting, prospecting, appointment setting, closing. So if you start with 100 contacts at the beginning of, of each month, in order for your business to be successful, you want to close a percentage of those contacts uh, for your business to be successful. And that's that success is really up to you. If you want to make 300,000, 400,000, a half a million, and your transaction price is a certain, let's say it's four or $5,000 per transaction, then there's a, there's a simple formula to figure out how many people do you need to close every month? And that backs into how many contacts you need to meet to close those number of, 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 of uh, transactions so that the white collar small business owner can meet his or her revenue needs. And that's what a sales system and business development plan does. It helps the white collar small business owner have a predictable logical and repeatable way of, of doing business. So that was sales productivity. Sales performance is defined as how many of those contacts do you convert to prospect or to, to clients? So if you have, uh, let's say if you start with, a, if you have 100 appointments per month and you end up closing 20 that means you have a 20% closing ratio. You might be surprised that uh, I would say probably 90% of white collar small business owners do not know what their closing closing ratio average is. Number one, they're not tracking it. Number two, they don't have a sales system to generate a consistent flow of contacts. If there is no consistent flow of contacts, there will not be a consistent number of like an, an average of closed ratios that can be determined or calculated. So sales productivity and sales performance are two major topics that we discuss at 321BizDev. So in closing, I just want to say that um, if there are some white collar small business owners out there anywhere in the US, uh, Canada, uh, places where they speak English or places where the Spanish language is spoken. I do have a Spanish uh, a speaking business partner. Now is the time for business owners to try to be that number one you know, provider, that vendor, that white collar small business owner. There's another saying that goes like this. When the economy looks like it's having problems, often that's the best time to grow your business. Uh, a lot of uh, futurists have said that. A lot of uh, you know billionaires have said that. Uh, if you look at the story of, um, of Steve Jobs, he's deceased now, but he was the founder of Apple. He has an incredible story of how he started Apple and how he uh, went through some bad times and was actually uh, fired from the company. And then the company started having bad times because it, it's important who runs the company. 
you know, it, it goes without saying, if you have a you have poor leadership at the top of a company or any organization, it will show eventually. So Steve Jobs was fired from the company from Apple and the company was going through bad times. When they asked Steve Jobs to come back to the company, that was the start of the iPhone. That's right. It's the iPhone and related products uh, like the iPad and because um, they always had laptops and, and desktops. But it was the iPhone, the iPad and, and that whole uh, process of having a simplistic, simple product uh, that brought Apple back. So Steve Jobs started the company. Steve Jobs was fired from the company. They called him back. And when he came back, he goes, I have this product that I've been working on, you know, away from the company. And I'm calling it the iPhone. And the rest is, is history. So anyway, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast episode. My name is Clarence Rick Napier. I'm the CEO at 321BizDev LLC. Our website is 321BizDev.com. And my phone number is area code 415-465-1700. I hope you enjoyed the podcast episode. And please feel free to to reach out. I, I know that there's a tendency for a lot of white collar small business owners to say, well, I, I have the education, I have the degree, I have the license, I spent, you know, $200,000, dollars $500,000 on my education. People should be calling me naturally. I should not have to look for business. The only problem is there's probably several hundred other uh, small business owners just like you and uh, when there's a lot of people out there looking for business, uh, it, it really just uh, you know thins the herd. It thins the number of uh, potential clients that a business can get naturally. So if you were the only estate planning attorney, the only dentist, the only plastic surgeon, the only you know quality dentist, real estate broker, insurance broker in your community, then you would be flooded with business. But but that's not the case. Uh, you're probably one of hundreds of uh, white collar small business owners in a metro area. And um, and that's just the way it is. That's Econ 101, which is what my degree was in. So anyway, again, Clarence Rick Napier, CEO, 321BizDev, LLC, 321BizDev.com, 415-465-1700 is the number. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make it a great day.